It takes a village to raise a child. We all know that, right? But what happens if you can't find your village? Because raising your child is really, really tough. What if you are so filled with shame and doubt and guilt and fear of judgment that you don't share your triumphs and your struggles? You don't talk about it because you don't think anyone can possibly relate. Well, I've been there and it was really hard for me to find my tribe. So I decided to make mine. I went out and found these amazing mothers who are also in the trenches, struggling to raise their kids. Together, we are a community. And in this podcast on the hard days, you'll find motivating stories from other real moms who get it. We're going to accept who we are and how we show up for our children each and every day, even on the hard days. My friends, let me tell you what I know after a year of podcasting. Number one, we are all wonderful mothers doing the best we can to meet the needs of our neurodiverse children, our family, and ourselves. That is so evident in the sheer number of mothers I've interviewed on the On the Hard Days podcast, pushing through and showing up day after day. And number two, as lonely as the journey feels, there are mothers out there just like you, raising kids just like yours. And honestly, They want to meet you. Yes, you. It's hard to make mama friends these days, especially when you have an out-of-the-box child. I needed this too. Moms I could text any time who were always supportive, who understood what I was going through. I scoured the internet to find my people, but came up empty-handed. That's when I decided to take matters into my own hands. Mothers Together launched in August, with the goal of forming lifelong friendships and making deep connections in a judgment-free, totally safe space. And let's just say it took off. In 2022, I hope to provide at least 100 mothers with the support they've been needing for years. While it seems like a lofty goal, consider this. After just two weeks with their pod squads, my Mothers Together members have said things like, and I quote, joining Mothers Together is the single best decision I've made for myself this year. And it's wild the confidence I've gained in myself and being less afraid of others judging me. And finally, There's so much support from each mom I've met, we all just instantly get each other's perspective. All the women are so open and vulnerable, it lends itself to feel closeness with one another. I feel so lifted by them daily. These messages show how badly we need community. We need solidarity. We need understanding. The journey to raising our neurodivergent children is not ever going to be easy, but being surrounded by women who lift you up on a daily basis can sure help. Are you ready to finally get the support and friendship you've been needing for years? Find me on Instagram at ontheharddays with dots in between each word and send me a DM or shoot me an email at ontheharddays at gmail.com. Finally, head on over to ontheharddays.com forward slash mothers together to get the sign up link. We can't wait to get to know you, my friend. The support that you need is finally here. Welcome back, everybody. I am very, very excited to have an amazing conversation with this amazing mom. This is Natasha Croft, and she and I had a discovery call a few weeks back now where we talked a lot about school. We talked a lot about labels for children and and especially um, sort of labels that people think like bad kid, good kid sort of thing and, and how that sticks with children. And they remember that. Um, and anyway, so Natasha is going to share her story. So first of all, Natasha, thank you so much for, for joining me today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm truly, truly honored. Aww. You have no idea. <laughs> well, well, I am truly grateful that you said yes and that you are here um, because when you tell your story, there are moms who are listening who are going to say, yes, that's my kid. Yes, that, that resonates with me. Um, I'm so glad somebody else is thinking about this the way that I'm thinking about this. So why don't you start from the beginning? Take us back. Tell us about you and, and your family. Okay. Um, I am originally from Peoria, Illinois. I now reside in Chicago, Illinois. I am a wife, a mother to an 11-year-old, um, self-proclaimed gamer. Um, <laughs> he's just started the sixth grade. We are on our second day. Everything is looking good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ, his, oh, and my son's name is CJ, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher, but he goes by CJ. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, I have always characterized him and classified him as my wild child. He is my only child. Um, but he has always just been just free spirited. And I say wild, not as in a, you know, how that could be a negative connotation, but no, not, not in that, that, in that aspect. It's just, he's free. He's going to, he's going to do it. He's going to be him. Um, we started off, well, let me see. He's also into athletics. So let me get all that out. Let me get, let me get his info out there. Yeah. He's into athletics. He's just got a skateboard. So now he's trying to do the skateboarding thing. Um, again, then he, he does, has a, um, no, TikTok. Of course, you know, everybody's into the TikTok. So now he's trying to do TikTok and get a YouTube channel. He's, he's out there. He's big on now. Um, also the, um, cars, not just any cars. He likes the most expensive cars. He, he notices the Teslas, the mm-hmm. Porsches. Um, he tells me about Bugattis and I'm like, dude, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> but that's, that's just the background on him. And I, I'm just riding his roller coaster while we're out here. Yep. Yep. He, I teach uh, fifth grade and I used to teach sixth grade as well. And that age group is, especially with boys, the gamers, they want to be YouTubers, um, the fancy cars, all of it is so (laughs) relatable. Um, And it's actually, I mean, it's cute to watch them sort of navigate this in between elementary, middle school, young man world. Um, But, but yes, I totally know what you're going through with that. Um, now CJ is a special kid. Yes. He, when, when did you sort of notice that he might be different from other kids? It actually began probably about this age around two-ish because he wasn't as verbal as I thought that he should be. Um, so that was my first thing. And I think with a lot of parents, um, I would say that is like the first thing that they have to recognize, not, not to see that there's recognize something different, but their perception and what they see, that's their first step. You know, there's a lot of times they may say, you know, they'll talk to somebody like, oh, well, my kid's not talking that much or he, they're not moving that much. And outside people might say, well, you know, they'll grow into it. They'll grow out of it. They'll be talking. They'll do this. But it is that caregiver's 
intuition that is their first step into knowing or into the quote unquote special world with our children. Um, So that is the first, that's the first thing right there. So, but I noticed it around too. He wasn't talking much. And so I brought it up and then um, somebody had said something to me about earlier intervention. So I looked into early intervention. They came out, they did an assessment and early intervention is, I do believe from birth up until age three. Um, And so they came out, they did an assessment. And then when they did their assessment, they did say, okay, yes, he's um, able for um, developmental, let's see, developmental um, therapy and for speech therapy. So those are the two things that we did um, up until his third birthday. Um, then every, we were, let's see, third. So then we got ready to go to preschool. So everything, you know, he started to talk more. He was able to do more stuff. That was fine. Um, and then in preschool, it was started to be like more things coming up. Whereas his teachers, they, I had, he had really good teachers. And so they kind of pulled me to the side and say, Hey, there's, there's something he doesn't like when we have to change things. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't do good with um, transitioning to new things. And then he would have um, an outburst. So they said, you know, we, we've talked to the social worker. So they're going to want to talk to you just a little bit, just to see how we can help CJ. So they talked, they watched him for a little bit. And that was the beginning. At at that time, we did not do an IEP or anything. Um, I think he was still getting used to being in the school setting as well. Um, Kindergarten, we really didn't have any issues. And then he moved to a charter school, which is a little bit more independent. There's There's not a set structure. So that started to... We started to see like the outbursts more, the um, frustration, the aggression, and that was in first grade. And at first they weren't even saying anything to me. Like when I drop him off to school, he'd be happy, he'd get out the car, everything's fine, I go pick him up. Then at the end of the day, she'd be like, oh, well, it was a little rough today. Okay, fine, I'm not understanding, whatever. And so then I ended up being a classroom mom. And there was an incident where they were supposed to be switching things and it was like a rocker. There was an incident with a rocker. And then I was like, CJ, pick that up and put it back. And it was, I didn't recognize it at first, but the three-step direction, it was just, it was overload. It was overload. And me telling him to just to, get that. You need to do that. You need to do that. He just lost it. And I had never seen him in that capacity. I mean, and it was to the point where he was screaming, he was screaming. And I literally had to like hold him Mm -hmm. because now we're in the fight or flight Mm -hmm. type of situation. Mm -hmm. And, but in that holding him though, he's screaming, I was trying to be good. I was trying to be good. 
And I'm, st- I'm holding him like, what in the world is happening? And so I, I immediately, I don't know, you know, some people aren't spiritual or religious, but, and that's fine. But I literally just started praying in his ear, like, it is okay. God, just help him deal with it. And then it was after he calmed down, I was like, it's okay. It's okay. But, you know, that day is over. And that's, we both got to go. uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're both going home. (laughs) And And honestly, that's traumatic for you too. That was a traumatic moment for you in a classroom teacher Mm -hmm. there. That must have really been a hard, hard day for you. It really was. Cause I even, I even had text my husband. I was like, I have never seen CJ like this. I was, I was literally scared. I was scared, not of him, but just for him. And just the whole situation, like you said, it was like, what in the, so after that is where I was like, okay, this is, this is different. This is, this is something else. And um trying to think what were how did we I don't know if we went if I found his pediatrician right away. I think we did I did so I I looked so I was like okay there's something going on I need like a children's hospital and I just started googling and just looking up different places um and I think that's like to me that is the second one of the second well it is a second to me most important things too is you have to find good doctors that listen to you that don't just tell you, Oh, well, they're going to do this or they should be doing this. Oh, he's fine. Again, back to your care, your motherly or caregiver intuition. If something's off and the doctor's blowing you off, that's not your doctor. And I was blessed to find great doctors at, um, Again, I'm in Chicago. So he goes to Larabita's Children's Hospital. Um, that's where his primary care doctor is. And when I spoke to him about the things that were going on, the outbursts, the aggression, um, the yelling, the screaming, you know, not being able just to handle just any type of difference, whatever. Um, and he was like, okay, okay, well, I'm going to refer him to a therapist. Um, we have therapists here at Larabita. I'm going to refer him to the psychiatrist. And it was, that was our first doctor's appointment. And it was literally, I met like four different people. They, Cause he, at first he was saying, I'm going to set this up and then they'll make the appointment for you. And then somebody would come back in like, Hey, um, I had a few minutes and wow. I talked to Dr. Kumar and he said, so I met the psychiatrist. I met the therapist um, that was coming down. Um, then they thought about OT. So it was, I was truly blessed because they actually like set up a team wow. for him. Wow. So, wow. Um, and it was, and we're still with Larabita. We're, we are still there. We had a therapy appointment earlier today. Mm-hmm. So, but it was, again, your doctors, that is so important as well. Because there came times, too, where, again, he would have the fight or flight. Now we're going into the second grade and the third grade where he would run out of the building. And so they had to go and chase him and to get him back. He had an IEP. He had a, a BIP. 
um, the behavioral intervention plan. Because, you know, in this world, too, we don't even use words anymore. Everything's an acronym. <laughs> That's right. That's so true. And here I am nodding my head because you don't even have to tell me what it is. I know what you're talking about. Nope. Right. Like, even when people say, well, what's his diagnosis? Oh, he has... ADHD, he has ASD, and you know what I'm saying? So they're like, he has autism spectrum. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. But so now we're going into that. And so, and as much as the school tried to help, they didn't have the right supports. They really, I mean, again, I would, I would never say that they didn't try, but whatever they were trying with, it just was not conducive to what he needed. Um, so if he would leave, he would leave. So their thing is their protocol would be to call the crisis hotline. So now somebody else comes out and they assess. And then, so they would, um, refer him to go to, um, like a behavioral, um, school hospital to be assessed by a psychiatrist. So he went there for a couple of weeks. And then he go back to his school. Um, and I understand that's the protocol, I guess, whatever. And the place where he went to, it was fine. They were, the communication was good. They would explain stuff to me. Um, but at the same time, sometimes, I don't know, I think that may also cause even more trauma. Because now that you've had this meltdown, um, now we have to sit here and wait for somebody else, an outside person to come back in to see what's going on, then possibly go to this hospital, assess with them. So it was, it, it could be very draining. And then even through all of this, it's kind of like, as a mom, I'm sitting there like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What do I do next? And then again, this was my first child. So I have no idea what I'm supposed to be looking into. I'm talking to other people, like asking like, hey, what do you think about this? Or have you ever had this situation? Or, and again, most people are like, oh, he's a boy. He'll grow out of it. So now you're sitting there thinking like, am I crazy? Am I overthinking this? You know, and then, um, but, and it's good to have another, a good support system as well. Um, because like you just said, okay, I jump around, but let's go back to like the name, like the, oh, well, they had a bad day. They did this, they did yeah. that. And I had a friend that was, that had picked CJ up from school one day mm-hmm. and the teacher was going through, you know, the teacher, the teacher has a laundry list of what your kid did wrong that day. They have a laundry list of that. And there's nothing like he did this right or he did oh, but so come on the teacher, the teacher was talking and to my friend and cj is standing there and she had told me she said i told the teacher wait hold on one second and she sent cj to the car and so that was like a learning thing for me because i never i just stand there and let the teacher talk and oh okay fine we'll work on that but she was saying he doesn't need to hear all of that he doesn't need to hear the negativity and so she talked to the teacher. So then she asked the teacher, okay, so what did he do good during the day? Good so the teacher's kind of like just standing there like, oh, well, he did. And that was like a lesson for me. Like, you don't have to just stand there and take just the negative stuff. 
you don't. And you, you can say, okay, I get it. So what were his positives for today? Great. We're going to do positive reinforcements. And that's what we're working with. We're, hey, you didn't do this so well today, but hey, tomorrow's a new day. But you did this. That was excellent. I mean, how do you, I mean, just even personally, look at yourself. If you're constantly told what you did wrong, what you did wrong, what you did wrong, do you even want to try to do anything right? Because you're already beat down. You're already defeated. And before that, you already know what you what you messed up on yourself. And then to have it again reinforced in your head, that's, that's just too much. And then imagine for a little kid. Yes. Yes. That is so powerful. What you just said. So, so powerful. Um, that's like the quote right there. That's one of the quotes I'm going to take away from this conversation <laughs> because it is, it's so good because not only, you know, focusing on the negative and especially him hearing it again and again. And, and I see mm-hmm. that, I see that all over the place with kids and they, their self-esteem just absolutely plummets. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's zero. And not only that, but your son told you multiple times when these sorts of, you know, he'd have these tough moments. Mm-hmm. I tried to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I tried to be good. My son would say something similar. He would say in the middle of the middle of losing his mind, he'd be screaming and he'd be saying, I'm trying to stop, but I can't. Or mm-hmm. I didn't want to do this. It just came out. And when mm-hmm. you have, when you hear things like that as a mom, it's like, it, it hurts. It's gut wrenching. I feel so bad for, for my kid, but yet everybody else is going to look at him like he's a monster because mm-hmm. he's out of control and he's disrespectful mm-hmm. and he's hitting and he's kicking and he's whatever. But you know your kid and you know that he's an amazing person who is trying his best. So that is a very powerful statement that you just made. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, and then of course, you know, everybody's standing around looking. Now they're judging you. Yeah. So now you're starting to feel insecure because they're thinking, oh, he, he just needs his butt spanked. I mean, I, I know, I know some parents have heard that. You just need to be more tough on him or her. Yep. You know, yep. I heard the same thing about that. You, you, you just need to be more consistent. You need to mm-hmm. hold your boundaries. You need to take privileges away. If you say no, you mean no. And you, you follow mm-hmm. through and because that's what mm-hmm. quote unquote good parenting looks like. Mm-hmm. Traditional parenting. Mm-hmm. Right. But what happens when our kids don't listen? Right. No. Right. Right. And it's not that they, they just don't listen at that moment in time. They can't listen. Yes. Yes, they can't. There's so much going on in their head. Like we can't see it all, but there's so much going on in their head. They got one side saying, no, you're supposed to be doing this. Then there's another side. Well, no, I'm upset. I need to, I need to do this. Well, I mean, cause it got to the point I told my son, not for at school, but period. I'm like, if you feel like it's just raging up in you scream, just scream. I was like, if you get upset, just go outside, go out back, scream. And then it, it dawned, I remember when, I, I don't know, I think I was like in high school and I had told my mom, and when I said it, I thought I sounded crazy. I was like, sometimes, do you ever just feel like screaming? Yes, I mean, yes. I mean, there would probably be a whole lot of us adults that would be a little lighter if we just yes. take a moment and scream. Yes. Scream, scream. like yeah. even when things would get hard with my son and I knew it wasn't his fault, 
I would go in the car, go get a Dunkin' Donut. On the way to Dunkin' Donut to get an iced coffee, I'm screaming. I may have cried. When I came back, I'm good. I had, you have to get it out. You can't hold everything in because you will go nuts. You really will. And then even when the kids, so even in the school system, so then, especially when our our kids, so my son son has an IEP. Um, if If your child has anything in black and white, all the teachers know their information. They know what's going on. If your child has had a a meltdown or whatever at school, they know who little Johnny is. They know, you know what I'm saying? They they already know. And I think the biggest thing for me was, and again, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And the, the thing to think about is too, although we have special children, those parents with quote unquote, typical children, they make mistakes too. It's not just us. It's not just us. It's not just our kids. It's their kids too. Because at the end of the day, they're kids. They're going to mess up and that's how they learn. It's called a learning. It's a, it's a learning process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once your child is on paper or there's black and white documentation about different things, um, a lot of times your child is held to a higher bar. And what I mean by that is if let's just say Becky kicks her desk or she makes noise, but then when your child does it, it's stop making that noise, be still, you know they can't make the same mistakes or that have the same habits as freely as other children. That's what I have seen. Mm -hmm. Let me say from my point of view Mm -hmm. and from my situation there, like I I had explained to you, there was a situation where um, a kid, CJ and a kid had got into, it got into an altercation and it was like second grade. And CJ was saying, no, he hit me. He hit me but they had called me to suspend CJ. And so when they kept and he kept saying, no, he hit me first. And I was like, okay, it's okay. So they were like, we're going to look at the tapes, whatever, but he has to go home for the day. I'm like, okay. So then they called me back later. We looked at the tape. Now, now they didn't say anything about the other child either. We put that out there first too. We looked at the tape and the other child did come in to the line and hit CJ first and provoked him and CJ reacted. So now that I, so fine. So now I'm like, okay. And what's happening to the other kid? Is he sent home? Well, we can't tell you what their punishment was, but they were punished as well. I'm like, okay. And I need this off of CJ's record because it wasn't just him and he was provoked. And, oh, yes, that's fine. We're, we're, we're taking that off. That doesn't count against them. But you will find much more quicker, they will already find your child the villain. And even if your child, and then I saw, it was a post in a group today where a mom was saying, her, it was the same thing with her son. An incident happened. He was trying to tell the kid it wasn't his fault. And so then he went to the teacher 
And the teacher told them to stop tattletelling. They don't have to tattle. But he was trying to reach out to an adult to say, hey, this is what's happening. I'm covering myself. But then he still is, you know what I'm saying? His, yep. his, he's using his words. Yep. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And it's still brushed to the side. So the mom's response was, okay, he tried to do this. He did this. He's worked up to being able to use his words. Now, if he goes backwards and starts having a behaviors, do not call me. Hmm. And then she just put, go wildcats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and people were hilarious. like, oh, well, you know, that, I don't know if that was an appropriate email. And then I said, I probably would have worded it differently. But I get it. Yep. We work so hard to get our children to a, a, a specific place where they can handle themselves and they can follow the quote unquote rules, the, the way that it goes. And then when they do, they're still dismissed. You're kind of like, OK, they're damned if they're due. They're damned if they're due. But we as parents and caregivers, we have to step in and be like, yeah, no. That's not how it's going because you are your child's strongest advocate. Their strongest advocate. They can't stand up to the adults and they can't stand up to the teachers and really verbalize what their, what their point is. And so that's when we have to step in. And sometimes it can go smooth and sometimes it has to go hard. Mm-hmm. You really have to be like, okay, look, you, I mean, it's like, you almost have to go into the school system like, I'm not playing. This is what I'm not going to take. This is what I'm not going to accept. At the same time, I think there has to be a balance. You have to have grace as well. Like, okay, I understand this. I understand that. But at the same time, you're not, you're not just going to run over my child because you feel as though, quote unquote, they're different or mm-hmm. you don't know how to handle them. Mm-hmm. And is if you can't, if you can't find a way to have the right type of support and to help the child to get to where they need to be, where you feel as though they should be, then you, I, I think, again, my point of view, that maybe you need to find something else to do or just not work with special mm-hmm. education type children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Work the PE floor. Mm-hmm. Pass out napkins at lunch. I don't know what else you need to do, mm-hmm. but this is not it. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and then, um, like I told you, a friend of mine, because I would, I would do this. I did this before. When someone, the teach, when they would call me from the school, um, I would immediately go get the CJ. What did you do? Yes. What did you do? What did you do? And a friend of mine, he said, Tasha, stop doing that. I re- and, th- and this is a grown adult person, and it's still stuck with him. Mm-hmm. He was like, whenever something would, would happen, my mother would automatically say, what did you do? And to hear, what did you do? You already are not going to listen to my side of the story, and you've already found me guilty. Ask him what happened. Tell me what happened. And then sometimes, and even, even if you ask your child, and I'm sure that some people have been in that situation where you go, tell me what happened. And the teacher starts talking. Mm. You have to honestly say, okay, give me one second. 
and go back to your child so that your child knows, hey, I'm being listened to. Because a lot of times you are the only person that is listening to them and is going to give them a fair shake. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's another lesson that I have mm-hmm. learned. I have to listen to my child sometimes. You, you are inspiring. I mean, I am very, thank you. Thank very, you. Very inspired by you. The, a couple of things you have said have really stuck with me. I had known the, what did you do piece when we talked mm-hmm. and it's so true. So mm-hmm. true. And now I'm thinking, when is the last time I said that to my son? What did you do? Oh man. I, I really, I do not want to do that anymore. That is such a, a powerful statement. But then the other one, um, and talking about sort of meeting your child where they're at, um, and having a school system or it doesn't even have to be a school. It could be any sort of community, but, right. but in this case, right. a school, you know, looking down on your kid where other people are jumping in, this is what he did. And this is why this is unacceptable. And this is bad. And this is bad. And for you to be able to say, okay, hold on and, and address your child one-on-one the mm-hmm. power in that, and that connection and that support, that support mm-hmm. is as deep as it can go right in that moment. And your kid knows it. Um, mm-hmm. It is not fair that teachers and, and any sort of professional working with kids can sometimes do that thing where we get, and I am a teacher, so I can say this, and I surely hope that I, I don't do this and certainly want to make sure of that, but, but I know what you're talking about. Let's just put it that way. I know what you're talking about. When we get those sheets in our mailbox, got three kids on IEPs and uh, three kids with 504s and um, this and this and this and this. And we carry that sheet around with us because it's got the list of accommodations that they need to have. And, um, but, but now it's like this reputation is on this piece of paper before that. Yes. Sorry, letter. Exactly. Before that kid walks through the door on the first day of school, I know that they um, have had a history of throwing chairs or hiding or, um, uh, can, can whatever, whatever it is, doesn't even matter what it is. Those judgments are formed and th- we forget sometimes these are children. They are kids. They are babies. And when you put yourself in the, the other position now as a mom of a neurodiverse kid, how devastating that would be for, to, to think about my baby going into a classroom being labeled before he even gets to show who he is. That's devastating. That that hurts. I, I I did not. I'm glad you said that too. I did not, and I meant to do it earlier. I had taken a um, a disabilities class just to learn the for Illinois Partners in Policy Making to learn the policies and all of that stuff, and just to learn the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of the diverse. You know, the, yeah, the, that's amazing. And just what you said, like. You have your papers of what this child is or what has happened, whatever, whatever. Here's another suggestion. When your child is going into a new grade or just going wherever, summer camp, whatever, you know how on the back of books, you'll see the author and it tells about them. Mm -hmm. If you could take a picture of your child and you make your own 
autobiography page of your child. It may, it may sound weird, but I'm telling you. Nope. Put it together. Do all the, what your child likes, what your child does, maybe what their shortcomings are, what their, what their, what their, um, not their shortcomings, but like what their weaknesses are, mm-hmm. what their triggers are, what makes them happy, what they need, other assistance, how they can be assistants, what works for them. So against that IEP, they have all the, the yep. good, more bad and the ugly. Yep. When they ha- when your child comes in or when you give the, the teacher or whomever that sheet, they have another view of what your child is, mm. who your child is, mm. what your child can do and how to better support your child. Mm. I love that so much. It's a whole nother viewpoint. That's a good idea. What you can do. That's a good idea. We should do that for all students, honestly, just a, mm-hmm. any, any child you're going to work with. Mm-hmm. I would, I, as a teacher, I would, I want to know, I don't want to have to figure it out from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, if I know that my student um, really needs uh, some fidgets or um, needs mm-hmm. to have a standing desk, wants to stand when he or she is learning, I don't want to find that out the hard way from uh-huh. two months of that kid, you know, really being antsy in their seat and acting out and, and being impulsive like I'll just give them the standing desk at, at the front, you know. So, but but at the same time, you don't you don't want you don't want the information to be given in a way that now people are going to judge them preemptively either. It's mm-hmm. this fine line. This is my kid. Yes, he is different. Yes, this is what he needs. But at the same time, this is my kid, and he's also not that different because he's still a mm-hmm. human and he's still mm-hmm. a child and he still uh, makes friends and whatever. And you, you just you want people to understand your kid without judgment. Why is that so hard? Right. Why do we have to right. throw down a judgment mm-hmm. with our kids? So I, yeah, you know what? I think I think they come with judgments because they they automatically just have judgments. Period about those with disabilities. Yes. It's more so of, oh, well, they can't do this. They can't, they can't, they can't. And not, oh, well, they can, Mm -hmm. they can, they can. We can work on this and they've got this. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that is where it kind of falls down as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a societal, you know, that's a societal issue. This is a bigger Mm -hmm. way we, we view people with mm-hmm. disabilities in general or, or any doesn't even matter difference, difference. Right. it's it's all mm-hmm. about ignorance it's about lack of understanding lack of knowledge um mm-hmm. lack of exposure mm-hmm. but but here's the problem with that in a school there's not a lack of exposure and there's not mm-hmm. a lack of understanding well maybe a little bit but you know what 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 you're dealing with so why on earth and I've seen it a million times, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That that quick to judgment. You've got two kids who get in a fight, or two kids, whatever, and and one of them you already know a lot about them, right? And you know that they come mm-hmm. with this challenge, that challenge, and so you automatically go, "Well, you, I'm not surprised. I don't do this, <laughs> but I have seen it. I've seen it. You, I'm not surprised by, because you get in trouble all the time." but you, you never get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, what were you thinking? Like, how you've just ruined them. You have mm-hmm. ruined them mm-hmm. 
And that really bothers me. That really bothers me. So I'm sorry that not only has your child, I mean, he's struggling anyway and saying, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do my best. And on top of that, he's got adults that he is supposed to trust as Mm -hmm. his authority Mm-hmm. who also don't believe in him and that mm-hmm. that's 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 a hard pill to swallow yes yes so thank goodness he has you <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm trying i'm trying you, you know yeah. and the thing is i had to learn to also try to see things through his eyes mm. like there may be a situation that comes up and they're like and their biggest thing was well i mean he 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 didn't how would they say it? Oh, well, CJ, how else could you have handled that? You really didn't have to respond in that way, basically is what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm talking to him, like, well, why did you do that? And then when he explains it to me and I'm like, okay, I I can, I can see why you did it that way. It makes sense. (laughs) Because now he, he has played, he has painted a picture for me and I can see it. Like, I get it. I get it. You know, and then, like I told you the story, like when um, he had got the coloring sheets from Larabita and um, just some plain white, this Black Panther coloring sheets and a peer knew it was his, what well, was on his desk. And just to agitate him, he took it and threw it in the garbage. So CJ is like, had a whole meltdown. And so the the social worker was like, see, he's like, see, you know, before we go all the way to 10, you know, talk and we can, we can get it solved because it's so easy. We can easily print out more coloring sheets. It's not a big deal. So we were in our office. And so that's how that went. We talked, whatever. I took her purse. And so she's like, Hey, Ms. Croft, you grabbed my purse. And I said, Oh yeah, I know. And then she's like, so she kind of like laughed, like, well, you know, you, I got to get my purse back. I'm like, I really like this purse. I'm like, you can grab another one. It's very simple. They have more at Macy's. They have more. I can give you stuff in it, but it's no big deal. Wow. And then, so then she kind of was like, I see what you're saying. And when I even talked to CJ about it and I said, he's like, the nurses, the nurse took the time to give that to me. It meant, it meant, it meant a lot to me. And so I explained to her, I'm like, it meant something to him. It's plain old color and cheese, but it meant something to him. Mm-hmm. So you don't just get to, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. And just discount his feelings where at the same time you want him to speak on his feelings mm-hmm. And then when he does, but he doesn't do it in the manner that you want him to, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had to like, just, you know, go out of the box. Sometimes you have to go out of the box. Wow. Wow. I don't it's think like, I heard the end of that story that yeah. I am in awe of, was your heart like racing a million miles? I would have been like, it was, you know, anytime I had to deal with the school, honestly, I think I would kind of almost develop anxieties. Like I told you, every time my phone would ring, I would be, I, I had to set the school their own um, ringtone. <laughs> yeah. Because every time my phone would ring, my heart would drop. Cause I'm yeah. like, Oh God, what now? Yep. Oh God, what now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it would, it would just become, so anytime I had to, and then it started to get to the point where, come on guys, are you serious? Yeah. Come on. And, you know, and then like with the IEP and I, there's so many horror stories about parents or caregivers that go into the IEPs. It's almost like, like, you just feel like you're just going, you're, you're suiting up. Yes. You're going on the front line, (laughs) you're going into battle. And, you know, I've heard, like, I've read, you know, posts about parents that are just, she's crying before the IEP, they're nervous, they're crying after the IEP. And I, at first I was like, what is really going on? Because I didn't understand, I, I, at the beginning, I didn't understand the magnitude of those IEPs and what they write in those IEPs and how it can lift up or deteriorate or my child, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, everything would go smoothly. Cause I'm just listening to them. Like, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally really learned about the IEP and stuff, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, he should be able to um, add three digit numbers with 60% Correct. Correct. Actual accuracy. Mm -hmm. Adding is not his problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. That's that's not what we should be working on. And so I really so with our last IEP, when I said the school, it was just this is not working. This is not working. He's out of school more than he's in school, and this is not benefiting him. Mm -hmm. And when I requested another meeting and the district rep came in. Like I told you, I was, I, I, well, first of all, let me go back to my, my, ch- my child's um, doctor's office with the, the hospital. They, again, they had a team set up for him. And so they said, if you ever need advocates to go with you with, for anything, just call us. And so I did. So I went to that last IEP at that school with two advocates from the children's hospital. They were with me too. And when, because I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to have to go in here and fight Mm. to get him into another school. And I really thought that he needed a therapeutic day school, a therapeutic school. And that's considered private school. That's considered a lot of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and I'm thinking, okay, you all are not benefiting him. So, but I I really need the district to, Mm -hmm. I, I need, I need this to be on the district. And so, but the advocate that came, I thought she was going to be there more so for the school or, or, you know, for the district, the school district. But that woman came in there and she was like a battle axe for CJ. Oh, good. And it was to the point where she was just like, when they would read what the goals were and everything, she immediately was like, you guys are putting down a lot of fluff. How is he going to know if he's reached that goal? How are you going to measure this? And, and then she just went on and on and on. So then I made, I said, when we got close to the end and I said, I was like, I think he really needs to be somewhere else because, you know, having to come and pick him up and take him home all the time. And that district rep was like, wait, stop. You guys are sending him home early? He's not in school. Mm. And then she's like, I'm docking you guys. 
So, and, and I read like how the school wants, you know, the, the parent to come and pick them up from school or they are being too disruptive. They're doing this. Okay. It is that school's responsibility, that teacher or wherever resource room, whatever, to find a way to support your child, to help them get past that. They are, they are afforded the right to have an education and it does not have to be homeschooled by you if you don't want to homeschool. If they go to school, they are they have the right to be there Monday through Friday, whatever time school starts to whatever time school ends. Not you have to come get him. He's being disruptive. If it comes down to that, and again, document everything. Document everything that your child is going through in school or what they request of you, any emails that you send, any things that's sent to you, document it, keep it because it is your best friend. IEPs, because at first I honestly didn't understand that you need to keep your IEPs from year to year. I'm like, okay, that year's over. So we're done with that. No, keep them. It may, may be like, oh my God, I already need to declutter. I don't need another file cabinet for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But keep it, keep it because it will benefit you in the long run. If your school is constantly sending your child home or they can't help your child or they don't have the resources for this, them not having resources is not your problem. That is not your cross to bear. And it is definitely not your child's cross to bear. If that happens, then you formally send them a letter, send an email. You request another IEP meeting. They have to meet with you. And then you put it out. If you can't help my child, then we need to figure out something else. And if it's on the district's bill, then it's on the district's bill. And you do not have to feel guilty about that at all. Your main priority is your child. Wow. Wow. I, uh, you should be an advocate. You should. I definitely am. I, I, I really am. Well, you are my for best to be an yeah. advocate. Yeah. You yes. are definitely advocating 100% for your child. I could see you doing this as a career <laughs> for, for other moms who are just navigating this process because you are really good at it. You know what? And, and, it's, and it's, it's so not difficult, but it gets trying for moms and, and caregivers and parents because it's almost like you have to, you have to fight to even learn what you can do or, 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 or find the resources. Mm-hmm. It is, is like a maze. It's like a, a needle in a haystack. There are resources out there, but it's like, you have to figure out, okay, now what do I look up for that? What do I look up for that? Mm-hmm. How do I find this? Or nobody tells you, oh, well, you know, you could have did this or, you know, you, we have this program, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like having the information just forthright and just immediately given to you yes you're going you 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 have to do some legwork as well to find these things out and even if you don't know who to look for just find different um groups different support groups um or even just different um disabilities types groups there's plenty of them on facebook there's um all kind of autism moms there's um adhd this there's 
you know what I'm saying? There's mindset this. So there's there's plenty. And you never, if you don't throw the question out there, you'll never get the, the information. Like if you was like, okay, like I'm still learning myself. But like, if I have a mom like, well, hey, how do I, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? I don't know. But let me call this person because I know they can give you the answers. That's another thing. Sometimes get out of your comfort zone. Like, no, I really don't. I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be involved with that group because that just puts more limelight. That just puts more light on us. We don't really want to be a part of that ADHD. We don't want to be a part of the ADHD group because, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get past that. We're working through it. So we're trying to normalize it or get it under control. Even in doing all of that, making it better, it helps to have some type of support. Mm-hmm. Know people, get to know people who know more than you. Get to know people that are in the disabilities community that have positions on different boards that know other people mm-hmm. because it will benefit you. If you know one person, they know 20 people, you're going to end up knowing 21 people. Mm-hmm. That, that is how I, that's how I have gotten to be so much better at stuff as well because this group these people or you know what I'm saying whatever they get Mm. better Mm. so yeah that don't 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 discount yourself or think oh well or I really don't want to be in I don't want I don't know if I can get involved with them because I don't know as much as them yep that is the perfect group to get into yes because then you'll get to know it. That's how I, I, it has helped me a lot. Like one of, um, well, my mentor from the, my disabilities class that I was in, um, she is the president of Chicagoland Autism Connection. She is, um, she works for the CPS, the Chicago um, Public Schools System here. She deals with the IEPs, um, the Office of Diverse Learning. Oh, wow. That is, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Find somebody that knows more than you and has connections. Mm-hmm. It will be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Because if they know somebody, I'm like, hey, I have a friend. They're in, they're, they're in this school district and they're having this problem with this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I'll call Sandy. She's over in that district to get in touch with her. If it's going to benefit your child, use it, use it, use it. It will not hurt. I am so blown away by you. Plus when you do all this research, I mean, it is a, it is a full-time job to, to, but this is is understanding your kid. This is your child. You can Mm -hmm. either not understand them like everybody else, or you have this Mm -hmm. special opportunity that nobody else has to Mm -hmm. deeply connect and understand your kid. Um, And then I mean, like, like you said, I mean, you can't really advocate for them if you don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to hold any weight to what you're asking for, you need to be able to say, this is how my child learns best. And, and this is what uh, helps him thrive. Um, and not only that, but I have a feeling, I mean, for me, but I bet for you too, once you did all that learning and, and growing on your end, for me, that helped me feel less guilty, less, mm-hmm. um, doubting in my parenting abilities, less shame. Yes. 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 And I started to be like, okay, 
all right, not I, I flipped it from poor me and my poor kid. And we are, it's not fair. We've been dealt this hard hand and whatever to, okay, I get him. I, I mean, I get him on a deep level and I'm actually amazing because I, I've worked so hard to make sure that I support my child. I was meant to be his mother. He was meant to be my child. It's a perfect partnership and and totally switching the mindset on that. I know that that helped me a lot too. Yes. You have to, you have to change your mindset too. You have to change your mindset and then even listen to your kid, listen to your child. They can tell you better of how they are feeling or whatever. And then like, I, I've heard, I've had like, like in some groups or in posts or whatever, like the parent will be like, well, my child doesn't, he, they're unable to communicate. What? Your child can communicate. Well, no, no, no. Um, they're nonverbal. Okay. Your child can still talk. Your child can talk. Your child can talk. If you have an iPad, find the programs on there. There are plenty of programs. You can even Google it. That will help them to be able to say what they want. They may not be able to vocalize it, but they can be very, very much verbal. There's... um Look into assisted technology because there are there there was a young man in the class we were in and he has cerebral palsy and he couldn't he doesn't talk um, he cannot use his hands he had a headband on that had a pointer and he would type out what he wanted to say on the computer that's crazy and the computer would verb, would would read out what he was saying. That's crazy. Even if you can't, even if they can't, don't know how to spell things. Let's just say you're like, okay, well, that sounds wonderful, but my child doesn't know how to read or doesn't know how to. They have tablets for the nonverbal children with pictures Mm -hmm. and they can touch it and it will say what they want. Mm -hmm. Your child may not be able to say thirsty or I want some water. They can press a button if they know what they know what their the water looks like to them when you give it to them in a cup. They can easily press that and it will say drink of water or water. So it's just you have to change your mindset like they can't do this, but let me find a way to help them to be able to do whatever they can to still get their point across. Mm-hmm. And it will definitely work. And then even if you say, oh, well. I don't have a lot of money. We really can't afford assisted device, an assistive, assistance device. Again, I don't know. Google is like the lifesaver now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we ever lived without Google before. <laughs> um, but look into, in your state or what have you, if there are grants, if there are different agencies that can help with an assistive de- um, technology device. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there are... Um, apps and things on the iPads that you can use where it will do like the talking things. Some of them you have to pay for, some of them are free. Um, Also look at into your state. If you are on, um, if your child is on like Medicaid or um, government um, insurance, they also have programs and things where they can get you assistive technology devices and it's no cost to you. 
um, there are there are plenty there are plenty of different programs or um, just agencies grants um, that can help with that. Like here in um, Chicago, there's the Arc of Illinois. Although I think the Arc is a national um, organization, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that, mm-hmm. but I do believe they're a national organization. Um, they just had a grant for um, to give out laptops and um, assisted technology and things of that nature for those that needed it. There were grants for those who needed um, ABA therapies. Don't just think that there's nothing out there because there, there, there's plenty out there. Again, sometimes you just have to do the legwork. And if you can't find it on Google, find um, just a disabilities agency wherever you are. Give them a call. Ask them. Tell them, this is what I'm looking for. I need this type of um, help for my child. My child has X, Y, Z. This is what I need help with. Do you have any resources or a list of places that may be able to help us that would be a good fit for us? Yes. yes. Then even in, in, in your, wherever you are in your states and things, like let's just say you think your child has autism. Um, if it's like here in Illinois, waiting lists are forever long. When mm-hmm. I first tried to get CJ um, diagno- um, get him tested to see if he had autism, I would I call around, make appointments. Um, the Lurie's the Lurie's Children's Hospital here, the wait list was a year and a half. And then she was like, "Do you want me to put your name on the list?" Sure. Go ahead. I got nothing but time, I guess. But at the same time, you really don't have time because you're trying to yeah. get your your child assessed and taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, but in looking look into like the different hospitals, different states, and you see if there's any type of autism research um, um, associations there. Like here, we have the arts. It's A A R T S. Um, and it's, I forget what the whole acronym is, yeah. but I know it's autism, uh, uh, something, whatever. Anyway, they did the study with him yeah. and that's how we got the medical diagnosis of ASD that pushed it through. And then when they got done and they were, okay, yes, we see this, we see this. And when I went to the psychiatrist, went to the behavioral doctor there, she was like, okay, well, they were a, a reputable enough, you know, um, and they were inside the hospital to be like, okay, we're going to use their their assessment and we can go ahead and put it down as a medical mm-hmm. um, diagnosis. Because beforehand, he just had an um, educational diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. Mm. But then we went to the medical mm. part of that. So. This is your calling. This I is your you. calling. I, you. I see it. I don't, it's, it's not just about your kid anymore. This is about you educating mothers on Mm -hmm. what to do. I mean, you've done, you've done the legwork yourself and you're continuing to, it's, you know, it's a forever process, but you've done the legwork. You have answers that other moms don't. Mm -hmm. And I just, I could listen to you talk all day. You're so inspiring. I think to myself about some of the changes that I could be making with my own kid. Um, and, and 
I don't have to accept what I'm told. I don't have to um, let somebody else decide what's best for my kid. I don't have to do those things. It Mm. feels like I do, but I, I really don't. Um, and that's powerful feeling your own, your own power and and the Mm -hmm. role that you play in your child's development, especially when they are outside of your home, like in school, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you have so much more power than you think. So you, I I really, this is a calling for you. Like this is a passion. (laughs) I I know how it feels to feel just lost. And I don't want you. And it's like, you almost feel like you feel like you're just, you're in the rainforest by yourself. Yes. And there's, there's, there's little monkey Joe jumping from the trees. Mm-hmm. They can't help you. And then it's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. And then again, like you said, you, you don't know. Somebody tells you, the doctor tells you, oh, well, this is what this is. Or you'll do this. You feel as though they're in authority. They know. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't the information they're giving me be right? Correct. Why wouldn't I trust them? Correct. But again, you have to go with that first thing your own intuition, your intuition is going to be, that is your spirit guide. It's your spirit guide. And it's going, what you feel, go with that. Go with that. You're so good. This is like, so, (laughs) oh my gosh. So inspiring. Um, I don't, I I didn't know how much time we have. If I could, I found this, I found this poem and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. And this is, this is from the National Autism Association, oh. right? And it's, am I doing this right? I'm doing this wrong. What can I do better? I should have tried that. I should have known that. This person thinks I'm overparenting. That person thinks I'm underparenting. I'll do better. I'm doing everything I can. I need to do more. But wait a second. I know what they think, but what do I think? It's not what I think. It's what I know. Everything I do is because I love. I love. I love. I love. So I will keep trying. I will keep going. And I'll always come back to what matters most. Those eyes. That heart. That smile. My beautiful child. And their amazing life ahead. And I won't forget to give myself a few fist bumps along the way. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Yes. That was gorgeous. Yes. Where where did you find that? I found it on Facebook, but it's from the National Autism Association. Oh my goodness. And it's from a group called Hope Helps. And the day just said, this spoke to me this morning. I mm. hope it resonates with you too. Oh my goodness. And when I read it, it did. Yeah. It did wow. because you're, you're constantly second guessing yourself, but fist wow. bump yourself and say, I got this. Oh, I, I love the part. The part that got me was where it said, um, I don't think I know that was it right mm. there because you mm-hmm. do know, oh my gosh, that was really like you, this was amazing anyway. And now you just <laughs> topped it off, like icing on the cake. That was so good. Um, wow. Uh, 
can't hold a candle to that. Natasha, how, how can people find you? Because moms are going to be so inspired by you and want to, want to reach out and say, hi, what's the best way that they can do that? Oh, okay. Well, first my email is CJ mama, M A M A. Of course, you know, we can never just drop our kids. You know, it's always got to be something with them in it. Sorry. It's CJ mama, M A M A 75 at gmail.com. Or they can find me on Facebook, Natasha Croft, and that's N-A-T-A-S-H-A. And then my last name is C-R-O-F-F, as in father, father. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would do cross, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they hung Jesus on, but it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's F-F as in father, father. Wow. I, send, me, I've already... send me friend requests. I need all the friends I can have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll be the first one. I'm I'm heading that way. Okay. And then even, and even if you do hit me with the friend request, a lot of times I will ask you if it's okay, but I will tag you to other um, groups on Facebook. Like if you are a, um, an African-American mother with children that are, have ADHD or ASD, whatever, there's the melanated mothers group. Then also there is, um, Chicagoland Autism Connection Group. There is iPad, um, Unite. That's Illinois. I, I don't know what all the acronyms. Sometimes yeah. I forget it too. But <laughs> there's plenty. There's plenty, wow. and you, wow. you'll you'll be surprised. There are so many. There's people in the disabilities community. They they want supporters as well, and they are willing to help more than wow. anything. I not only are you now allow, you know, setting it up so that moms can contact you to connect with you, but you now have the resource to say, and here you go. These people will be yes. of, of help to you too. So yes. you're a powerhouse of information. Um, Thank you so much. I, I, I'm just blown away. It's <laughs> just <laughs> oh, so good. Um, wow. So, so thank you, Natasha. Thank you for being here. Thank you for speaking this truth. Um, and in the way that you do it as well, it's very clear and, um, you, you can't argue with everything that you're saying because it is, it is absolutely true for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you, Megan, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you. Go to my website on theharddays.com and click on schedule a call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention, please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. And finally, you can find me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word or in my free Facebook community, On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.